apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of homeownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Mac Home Mortgage, equal housing lender, American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Mac Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L, call for additional details. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is, since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to him, he taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. Finch, two for three, he's done his part. Is drilled the deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball. Because the Yankees are not, they're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the race, and the race do this for a reason. Like you're the Yankees. Steve Rich, along here with Justin D'Afrio. And last night, the Yankees got a win 7-1 to over the White Sox. They've been playing okay these last couple weeks, the last couple games. They won that last series against the Rays, and they obviously split with the Astros, and then they, they split with the uh, White Sox so far. But they got, they got to do more. This team has got to do more. Yes, they have played better of late, but they have to do more. They got to start, hit, start hitting consistently. Glaber's got to start hitting consistently. Stanton's got to continue to keep doing what he's doing. I mean, he's, I know he went over 6 on Sunday, but he's got he's to keep hitting. Same with Harrison Bader. And he, it was nice to see Judge hitting the home run last night, too. So it was nice to see the lineup hitting the ball. And also, uh, you, you got a really good start from uh, from Clark Schmidt. So it was nice to see that. Uh, so, so you know, right now, they're four, game, they're four games out of the wild, of that last wild card spot. And they just got to keep winning. They got to win tonight. They got to keep winning these series. They can't, like, lose a series tonight. They got to win these series. And they got two tough teams, t- tough, tough teams coming up with the Marlins. Who weren't playing as well, though. And then they got the Braves, so they just got to keep winning, keep winning these series, and uh, get get into that series against Toronto at, at, in September and having a chance and having a chance. They got to they got to get to that series against Toronto in September, and 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 be in striking distance if they're and, and that starts with playing good baseball for the next month. It does, and I, I offer them you know during this nine game road trip you had to go like six and three and i felt like you had to kind of sweep the you either have to sweep the white Sox or the marlins because you're not you're not going to atlanta and winning two games there's no absolute chance right now unfortunately they lost their shot monday and i don't feel great about tonight yeah because they don't have a starter no they don't so you know that that's a little worrying um but yeah they, you know they've been playing a little bit better like again sunday was tough because they lost, they left so many guys on base, and they scored seven runs. And then Monday, Monday night, they left like thirteen guys on. They couldn't find a way to to knock any of them in. They had the bases loaded three times. So, but last night was better with hit. With, they were better yeah, last night with runners in scoring position. Yeah, they were a little bit better last night. Which you know, again, I would like to say, okay, maybe that's going to continue to happen. But I don't, I don't really, I don't really expect it to happen with this, with the team right now. Yeah, you know. Um, you know the lineup right now. It, yeah, they gotta hit. They gotta hit consistently. That's been their big issue. 
Um, yeah, it was nice to see Judge because he was kind of a little bit of a slump. But, like, you can't be surprised. He had no rehab games. Like, you know, ho- hopefully his timing's starting to get going now. But, yeah, they need Stan to get going. Um, but, you know, Bauer's been better than advertised for him. So it- it's been nice. But, yeah, they need, like, Glaber to get going as well. Um, they need guys kind of at the bottom. You know, hopefully Volpe as well. But, yeah, you know, they- this team's got to play better. Again, I feel like you got to sweep now. Like you got to win tonight and then sweep Miami. You know, for for this to kind of be a successful kind of road trip, or at least take two out of three from Miami and then try to take two out of three from Atlanta. But we know taking through two out of three from Atlanta is gonna be really difficult. Yeah, it absolutely will. Um, that yeah, I know the Braves are. You know, I think they or they came back last night. I think against Pittsburgh. You know, I, I know like right now they're kind of just in cruise control. Um, but yeah, I just. It's going to be difficult, but I kind of, you know, there's a, there's a chance, there's a tiny, tiny chance it could take two out three, but yeah, I, you know, be a lot easier if they just sweep Miami. I know they got to face that Perez kid on Sunday, but, um, yeah, it's good matchup Sunday with Yuri, yeah. Yuri Perez against Garrett Cole. Yeah. Oh, it's cool. Okay. It's, yes, with Cole, that, um, that's going to be another one where, yeah, you know, runs are going to be a premium. Hopefully they can get Garrett Cole a couple of them, but yeah, I, I feel like you got to somewhat, you got to be able to, I think, that's this point, sweep Miami. Oh, yeah. I would say at least two out of three. I think it's going to be tough. Even though Miami hasn't played well recently, it's going to be tough to sweep them. I think you got to take two out of three. But but the, but the, but, but the point is this team's got to win series. I don't think they should be losing. The only series that, that I'll accept them losing for the rest of the year is the Atlanta series. And I think the only series they really can afford to lose for, uh, for the rest of the year is the Atlanta series. But Because don't forget, Seattle's ahead of them now. They're not, they're not, they're not, they're not second. They're not, they're in, I think they're in the, uh, they're in the fifth wild card. They're in the sixth wild card position because Seattle's, Seattle's, Seattle's ahead of them right now. So they can't afford to lose. So the only series, maybe they can afford to lose Atlanta because it's, it's a national league team. But after that, they, I think they got to win them all to get to the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. You know, cause yeah, they're two and a half back at Seattle. They do have that tie break because they did win the season series four to two. You've been flip, flip flopping the Red Sox recently. You know, you we'll know, I know you got the Red Sox. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get, get to, to that. And, you know, we got the the Red Sox come to the Bronx for final time in about a week and a half from now. So I think whoever loses know, that series is done. done. I, I yeah. think that is eliminated. Whoever loses that series is eliminated. Yeah, I completely agree with you because, especially like at the Yankees, like they'll be they would be down possibly because they're already down the series five one. So yeah, you, you lose two out of three, you already lose a season series. So yeah, absolutely, um, be tough, but. Yeah, you know, that'll be a big one. But yeah, coming up, I feel like I feel like you gotta start sweeping some of these teams too. You know, like yeah, it's nice to take two out of three, but at some point too, you gotta start sweeping. You gotta try to go on like a three, four game winning streak here, which I don't know the last time they've had like an extended winning streak. It, it, it's been a while for them. So yeah, you know, it's nice to win series, but I feel like at some point at at the end here, um, you, you, you got to start trying to sweep some of these teams. And actually, they, they did sweep the Royals about a month ago or a couple But they're the Royals at home. Yeah. You expected so, that. You expected yeah. they do that. Yeah. You know, that, that was something that you, obviously they hope they would have done and they did. But, you know, they, they got to start sweeping some of these teams. And would have been nice to sweep the White Sox with everything going on there. Um, I know you got the Nationals coming up, but they're starting to play. I know they stink, but they're starting to play a little bit better. Um, so, look, you know, you, you, you got to start. Winning series, but also you got to start sweeping some of the teams that you should. You know, like they got Detroit. The Detroit in the month, the beginning six, six games against Detroit. Those got to be at least yeah. five wins. They got Washington for three. I think that's got to be a series them. they got to sweep. They got yeah. they go to Pittsburgh and uh and right before they play that big they play that three game series against Toronto. That that uh that uh that week that uh weekdays that weekdays three through uh, three game weekday series against Toronto. That they they got I think they got uh they got a three game set in Pittsburgh. That's got to be a sweep. So yeah, they they gotta take advantage against these bad teams, or there's no way this team's gonna come close to being in it by the end of the year. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, they end the year at Kansas City. So it's like if you could just hang around, be like a game out going to the final weekend, you're going to Kansas City, you know, you can be back, you know, you you find a way to get yourself in there. But yeah, you, you gotta kind of keep hanging around. Again, now you got judge back and you kind of gotta go like you know. On a 10 game, you know, the next like 10, you got to find a way to go. Like one of these, you got to go like seven and three, something like that, you know, in 10 games. You know, that, that that's how you're going to make up some ground here. I know Seattle's been like up and down, but that's, you know, they still got a really good pitching staff. Like that team's going to be around to the end. 
you know, we'll see what happens with Boston. Uh, the Angels look like they're kind of fading, unfortunately, here for them. But yeah, you know, they, they got to start winning some of these series. They got to start getting some sweeps. And that, that they're tonight just, it, you know, comes down to just, just get tonight against a White Sox team that is just so dysfunctional right now. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll get to them too. Because <laughs> what happened this week, but yeah, yeah, you got, you got, you got, you got to win tonight. You got to start winning, especially the Marlins this week. And when we'll get to that series this week, and you got, you got Friday night, you got Cortez against Lazardo. I feel like that's got to be a win. I feel like that's got to be a win. The way Nestor pitched, you were there on on uh, yeah. on Saturday. Oh, yeah. The way Nestor pitched, I feel like that's got to be a win against the Marlins because this definitely is a Marlins team that has definitely came down to earth uh, this year. And then you got Saturday. I think this will probably be Brito. Because uh, Rondon, Rondon went on the went on the IL. I think this is going to be Brito against Al, Al, Alcantara, but Alcantara hasn't pitched well this year. Let's no. be honest. The Marlins were good, were really good in the first half this year, despite the way Alcantara pitched. So that that's got to be another, that's got to be another game. That, that that's got that's another winnable game. And then then Sunday is a 50-50 game. Yuri Perez has pitched really well, but Garrett Cole has it should be the AL Cy Young Award winner. So there is no reason. With the talent, the Yankees are the more talented team. There's no reason why they shouldn't take two out of three in Miami this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. They they have to, you know, again, you know, taking two out of three would be very nice. Going in Atlanta, you win tonight, you're going in there, you know, four and two so far on the road trip, you know, so wouldn't be bad. Um, but yeah, you know, it, again, it'd be nice. It's a Miami team that, yeah, kind of thought. Couple of weeks, you know, they, they've been kind of falling back down to earth because at one point I think they were 17 games over 500. Now they're down to one. So, yeah, it's a team right now that's struggled to hit. And, you know, you looked at the run differential and it kind of felt like, yeah, at some point they were going to come back down to earth. It has now. So you got to take advantage. It's a good pitching staff. So runs, run, I know Alcantara has been struggling, but, you know, Perez has been really good. Lazard has been decent. So, you know, it runs are going to be a premium. So when they when they have the opportunity, they got to find a way to, to score it. And, and with Nestor, you know, it, it was nice because his velocity was up. You know, he's hit 94, 95. I think even one pitch he hit 96. So, usually he's in the low 90s. So, again, they're going to need length. Proud of some of these pitchers. They're going to need that from Nestor. So, yeah, hopefully Nestor, um, you know, pitches well. And actually, I just quickly, because I don't know if Saturday, if yes, turned this thing off or not. before. Um, but when Sam got thrown out at home, he actually looked at Rojas and actually – like looked at him and actually put his put his hands up. Like, what are you doing sending me there? So I don't know. Oh, if so, yes, so, actually so, showed that. No, I was I was back and forth from that in the pro in the Hall of Fame ceremony. But 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 yeah, I mean yeah, I don't know if they showed it or not too. But yeah, it seemed like Stanton was kind of jogging. But but yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't get why Rojas would have sent him there. Yeah, I don't either. That was that 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 was interesting. So yeah, I do you know something I noticed after was yeah he just he just threw his hands up and was kind of like I don't know what what you're thinking there. But um, that was just kind of the one little thing I want to say about Stan and what what happened there Saturday. You see, yeah, he was out by a mile, but you know, big series for Miami. They got to take two out of three. Hopefully Stan goes back home and, uh, or goes back to his former team and has a big weekend. That'd be nice. Oh, absolutely. 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 And now we will go on to the, move on to the Red Sox. And let me tell you something, what they didn't do uh, last week came back to bite them this weekend, came back to bite them so badly this weekend against the Blue Jays. I don't think they had a. They did not have a pitcher that that pitched more than five innings. Sunday's game was an absolute disgrace, losing thirteen to one. That was absolutely disgraceful. They get swept to Toronto without Bobichet. Then they win. They get that grand slam on uh against the Monday Royals. Night, yeah. Monday night they get the grand slam. But then last night was an even bigger disgrace. This pitching staff is not good enough to be a championship team. And Hyam Bloom needed to realize that he didn't want. He, he thought, oh, we're gonna get Chris Sale back. We got Corey Kluber back. Corey Kluber has been terrible this year. Terrible. Chris Sale, you can't rely on him. You needed to get an arm at the trade deadline, and you refused to do it. And that's why right now, I mean, the Red Sox, yes. What's going to keep them alive is the easy schedule they have. They got three. They got a couple more with the Royals. They got four with the Tigers, and they got three with the Nationals. But after that, it's going to get really, really difficult for them, and there's a great chance that this team misses the playoffs. And let's, uh, let's be honest. There's a good chance they might not even finish over 500. I know they got Trevor Story back, but I think there's a good chance they don't finish over 500. Yeah, that you know seems a little bit more possible because it kind of felt like Saturday. Verdugo was in the starting lineup, but didn't show up to two hours before the game. Like, and I think you know, Cora like, did the right thing to seems... bench him there. I, oh, yeah, I think Cora definitely did the right thing. And let me tell you, none of these struggles are on Alex Cora. This is not on Alex Cora. This is on the guy upstairs. If they, if they, if they. Uh, get rid of Cora and extend Bloom, then their organization is clearly a joke. 
Yeah, it will be. The only thing I blame Core is their defense. Their defense this year has been horrific. Yeah, but I think they lead the man on would be. Yeah, but who's putting those players on the field? It's not Cora. It's time it's is time. But, yeah, but like you would think, worry again. Maybe they. I would assume they do work on stuff, but their defense just. I'm like Devers gotten worse defensively this year. You know, like I thought maybe he just had the yip, but like he's not great defensively. Again, he'll make up for his bat, his bat, but defensive. That's maybe the only thing I'd blame Cora. That is maybe the defense just hasn't been great. But yeah, there's not much else you could blame Alex Cora on this this team. Um, yeah, the pitching staff right now. I know you. Yeah, you'll get Sale back Friday night. Is or he's projected to go Friday night. That's kind of the target date right now. But yeah, like you hope he's healthy for the rest of the year. But yeah, it's a big question mark. And again, like they're gonna have Pavetta tonight. Who last time he did kind of start, like he's coming straight out from the bullpen. Like he's not warming up in the bullpen, coming back to sit in the dugout for five minutes. Like you know, he kind of said mentality wise, he likes just coming out of the bullpen. So maybe he does have a good start tonight against Kansas City. They need it, you know, against Jordan Laws, who I know is one too straight, but like I think the rules are three and eighteen now in his when he starts. So tonight's a one you gotta win. Um, but yeah, it just kind of felt like maybe with this team not doing the trade deadline, it took some of the wind out of their sails. Cause even Dever said before the trade deadline, you know, we need pitching. Everybody knows we need pitching. And yeah, Heim didn't really do that. They got the two guys for Kike Hernandez, but they're they're gonna be more like, you know, they're gonna be back and forth between triple A and, and the major league level. So, you know, they're they're not gonna be great help, but yeah, it kind of felt like their wins kind of knocked out of their sails. Cause yeah, this week against Toronto was uh you know, very disappointing. It's just, it's just, and it's tough to win games when you have to drag out openers three times a week. It's just, you know, it's and, tough and to win those types of games. You're, you're jogging out openers when you did absolutely nothing, nothing at the trade deadline to improve the rotation. It makes no yeah. sense at all. It makes zero sense at all. And, and let me tell you, if they, if they don't make the playoffs, he has got to go. He has got to go. Or the other thing is, is he might be instructed by ownership not to do anything. It's, it's one or two things. He just doesn't. He just came from Tampa. Doesn't want to spend the money, or or give up, or give up prospects, or ownership just doesn't want him doing anything. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I don't. You know, it'll be interesting what they do because yeah, if they don't, if they miss the playoffs, um, yeah, you know, it'd be a second straight year. I know they weren't supposed to be great this year, but you kind of had an opportunity. You still have an opportunity to get in the playoffs, and you like you know try to capitalize on that, especially in a city like Boston. You'd think you would, but they just haven't. You know, they're two and eight their last ten. Um, who was it this week? It was like Ian Brown and Brownie this week. One of their writers was saying the guy that Heim Bloom loses the most sleep over that they've lost since he came to Boston. It's not Mookie. It's not JD Martinez. It's not Bogarts. Nathan Avaldi. No, it's not Avaldi. It's Jeffrey Springs. Who's that? He's on Tampa. He's out this year with Tommy John. That's oh, the wow. guy he's lost more sleep, the most sleep on. Oh, oh yeah, because he, he loves these. He loves these prospects. Yeah, yeah. And Springs was so bad for him in 2020, and he had a decent year last year at the race. So like he's, you know, he's. I guess he's lost sleep over that. He lost them and he gave them off to Tampa Bay. So it's not any of those guys like JD that could that's still having a great year in LA or Valdi or Michael Waka who have pitched really well all year. It's Jeffrey Springs, but um, yeah, you would think he'd be think he's on the hot seat. I, but I don't. I don't really know. It's it's interesting. Nobody in Boston really likes them. One of the radio shows, like they've been using like an AI kind of bot voice, like and they're and they you know <laughs> they call him like Heim Bloom. They you know like they're making fun of him that he's a robot. Like yeah, you know like no people in Boston can't stand him. So yeah, there might be some pushback if they somehow they somehow keep him. But like I don't. I don't really know. Like it just kind of seems like some people with this team aren't really totally bought in because I, you know. But it, again, it's kind of it's kind of what's happened. You know that he's he's trying to make it Tampa North. He's trying to build it like the Do- Andrew Freed has in LA with the Dodgers. And it's, it's just, just but the Dodgers have went out and spent a ton of money. That's the difference. Yeah. The Red Sox really since uh twenty since they let Mookie Be- since they traded Mookie Betts haven't really spent money. And that's, no. and, that's been, and that's turned into a major issue. They're, they uh, last place finished in 2020. Yes, 2021, they got to the NLCS. Last place finished last year. And this year, I think they're on their way to a last place finish. I think I, I really think they, they, they are. And let me tell you, and, and the thing is, is after they play the, the Royals, Tigers, and Nationals, they only have like have six games for the rest of the year against teams with, with a losing record. I think it's 
three against the Royals, and then uh, three late in the year against the White Sox. That's it. That's it. They still got to play the Orioles seven times. They still got to go to Texas three times. They still got uh, they still got three games against the Blue Jays. They still got three games in Tampa. They got seven games against the Astros. This their schedule is brutal after after mm-hmm. start, starting starting uh, next Friday when they when they when they play the Yankees in, in Yankee Stadium. Their schedule is brutal after that. And and and, they, and they're, you're really going to see this. You're really going to see what this team is made of. That, that's why I'm saying I would would not be surprised if this team finishes at 500 or even under 500. Yeah, I'm with you. I think this team probably going to finish right around there. I just, you know, this was a big week in Toronto. You could kind of gain a couple more games up on them, and they came in there and they kicked you around, and you just, you know, and even that week at Seattle, you, you know, you lost two out of three there. You know, those are two kind of big series to gain some ground on the two, two teams in front of you. So yeah, it's, you know, kind of disappointing. You know, I know you got the Royals and Kansas Detroit coming in for the next six. I think you got to win five out of the six left in this homestand yeah, or, or they got five left. I mean, you got to win four out of the five and then hopefully net watching you take two out of three going there. And yeah, you know, then you got, yeah, you got, yeah. The Astros twice is at the end of the month. You mentioned they got the Dodgers in between that Astros series. So, yeah, you know this. This is a huge kind of next five game or next eight games. Like I, you gotta win six out of your next eight here, um, to really kind of keep yourself going there. And again, you know, we'll, them and the Yankees have been kind of flip flopping here. You know, they're still they're three games out behind the Mariners. Um, but yeah, you like to gain some ground now before you do have that huge stretch at the end of the month where yeah, you're gonna struggle and you're probably gonna lose a couple games and. You know, you don't want to fall more, you know, you can't fall more behind than you are right now. So, yeah, it's there's a big kind of re- next kind of week for them right now. If they're in last place uh, after August 20th, after they play that three-game series in the Bronx, if they're in last place, they're not making the playoffs. There's no way they make the playoffs, seeing the schedule that they'll have and seeing all the teams that are going to be in front of them, seeing the fact that the Yankees will probably will be in front of them, seeing the fact that the Mariners will be in front of them. So they'll have two teams in front of them for that last wild card spot. And they'll probably be five, six games out of that spot with a brutal schedule. So if if they're not ahead of the Yankees by August 20th, there is no way this team makes the playoffs. Yeah, I have to agree with you. Just looking at that schedule, it's daunting. And yeah, they can't take advantage against teams like the Royals, the Tigers, the Nationals coming up. And even the team like the Yankees who aren't playing well and who they've had their number with this year. Yeah, if you can't find a way to gain some ground, gain a couple spots here, then, yeah, I'm with you. I think there's a very good chance that you finish in fifth place yet again. And, yeah, three out of four years is not – be very tough, I think, for Bloom to survive his job because in Boston, in that market, that just that's not acceptable. Yeah, it, it sure – it definitely is not. It definitely is not acceptable. Now we will move to the biggest story in baseball over the last week, and that is the brawl in Cleveland. Now, this was a crazy – this was a crazy, crazy brawl between the White Sox and Guardian Saturday night. It started when uh, Jose Anderson, when uh, uh, Jose Ramirez slid underneath Jose, uh, Jose Ramirez slid underneath uh, Tim Anderson, and then Tim Anderson started swinging, and then they started going, and then you saw uh, Jose Ramirez take throw a punch and uh, knock down uh, Tim Anderson. So crazy brawl. Uh, Anderson was suspended for six games, Ramirez for three, and I think the suspensions were fair because because uh, because Anderson started the fight. Yeah, you know, it's, it's you know, I've never seen Jose Ramirez lose his cool like that because he's been somebody who's taken the less money to go to just stay in Cleveland. You know, he's been really relatively like a really quiet guy. And I know he kind of mentioned that he's told Tim Anderson, I, it's something about the tag, I guess. I didn't see anything like outrageous, but I guess he's, you know, Ramirez is talking like, yeah, you know, I've told him multiple times about it. And I know other guys in the league have kind of told him. Uh, you know, we don't like the way you tag us or something. And, you know, um, that, that, you know, that was, uh, you know, Ramirez got the better of him. Even the ump actually started kind of acting like, like he was ref in the boxing mat, you know, I know it was crazy. The yeah. way his position, you know, yeah, it, it was a crazy brawl there, you know, and I wonder too, just again, both sides just having very disappointing years just, and, and you know, both players just kind of letting some frustration out. I know, I don't know if you saw the Monday article too about Anderson and you, is Monty Grandall. Like, I think, you know, I know Anderson's kind of been a little bit emotional, but I, I think he's a guy that wants to win. And, you know, you know, it, it's kind of looking for maybe a couple of leaders in that clubhouse and in, in Chicago, 
Um, but yeah, that was a crazy brawl there. And, uh, you know, the, the, the call too, I forgot the Cleveland, um, Oh, Tom Hamilton. Awesome. Yeah. That down was goes awesome Anderson. Call. Down goes awesome. Awesome call by Tom Hamilton there. Yeah. He did a great job. But yeah, that was, uh, you know, that, that was a real, I know sometimes we get these bench and clear things and we just get to shove them, but that, that was an actual brawl there. And I'll say, Oh yeah. Now. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That, that was crazy. That, 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 but it was entertaining to watch, but that definitely yeah. was crazy. But we're going to wrap up talking about the Orioles for the wrong reason. And this is this is sad for a 70-win team. Now, when they this is this is what happened. They won a series against the uh against the Rays. I think it was like 2 weeks ago. And and the, the announcer Kevin Brown said, "This is the first this is they've won more games against in, at Tropicana Field this year than they have in the last 3 years combined." And then the Orioles were so sensitive to suspend their announcer for saying that. That is an utter disgrace. That is an utter disgrace for that organization to do something like that. It makes an organization who's had a great year look terrible, terrible to suspend their announcer because he makes a comment like that. That's a comment that any announcer would make. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that was all John Angelos. Like, I, I think he's the only it guy was. that wanted this, you know, and yeah, because again, he had actual facts that back it up. He never, again, I listened to it twice because I didn't know if I missed something, but like I was waiting for him to say, Oh, you know, like the team tanked or the team wasn't spending. Like I was waiting for him to kind of say something and take a shot at the, you know, at like the owner or something for not spending or not trying. And he never did. Like it was complete facts. And I don't get why he was so sensitive to it. And yeah, it was, it's ridiculous. I'm like, he was giving credit to your front office and your players for building this thing up. But I, I don't know why he took it the way he did. I, I just, yeah, it's, it's sad. And, you know, again, you know, uh, the O's fans had a great chant, you know, free oh, Kevin yeah. Freeman chant last night. That was great. Uh, I know Kevin, there were. You, you, mean, you mean free Kevin Brown? Yeah, free Kevin Brown. Um, and I know they, I guess the O's said they're going to reinstate him Friday night. So they the, need the, to. They, they, they have yeah, to they reinstate have, him. Yeah. They got to do the yeah. right thing and reinstate him. This is an absolute disgrace that they did this. This is horrible. This is yeah. just a terrible look on the organization. I know they own part of, the, of that TV network. That's why they did it. But this is a terrible look on the organization. That's, oh, having, a, that's having a great season. Yeah. Yeah, it is. You know, it's ridiculous. Like, you know, I, I know they lost a tough one last night, but yeah, like they've been on a roll lately. That team can't lose. And yeah, you know, it's kind of taking, um, you know, unfortunately, yeah, like the great season, this is kind of what we're kind of talking about is, yeah, you know, like, you know, that, that they, uh, that there's, you know, that they suspended their announcer for literally giving the front office credit for building this team up. So yeah, it's, it's, it's disappointing. And I just, I don't get why he's so sensitive and yeah, it's, it, it's ridiculous. And yeah, it's it, happy that I'll be reinstated back Friday night. Cause it's, you know, there, there was no need for him to be suspended for comments like that. That, that again, I just, I don't, I don't get what the big issue was there. Yeah. He's got to be back Friday night. It's, you know, your, your team's having a great season. Yeah. And you're just sensitive about him just saying something that was a fact. It was a fact. Yeah. It's not like yeah, he said facts. anything bad about bad about women. It's not like he said anything bad about homosexuals. It's not like he said anything racist. He stated a fact, and the guy was suspended. It's 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 it's, it's horrible, and I'm happy he's being reinstated. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and the fact, like they were facts that TV broadcasting you know, had all the you know visualize visual visualize. You know, yeah, it was it, – it's ridiculous. And, yeah, it just – I, you know – and, like, in the business broadcasting and all that, you know, facts matter. You know, having the facts exactly. matters. That, he was doing his job and exactly. just point something out and giving credit to the team. And, yeah, for whatever reason, Angelus just goes off and just has, has an issue with it. And, you know, that that's unfortunate. And hopefully I, – I, you know, be great for that city and that team that if the Angels ever sell that team. But hopefully I don't, I don't think they have – you know, doesn't seem like they're doing that anytime soon. Yeah, he oh, grew Frank just said screw the, <laughs> Frank just said screw the Orioles. For that, yes, yes. That that was that yeah. was terrible. I, I agree with Frank there. That was absolutely it was absolutely terrible what that organization did. It, it could not mm. it, it's just it's just awful that that you would uh you 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 suspend somebody suspend somebody, suspend somebody for that. And Frank, I, I wonder if Frank's a Marlins fan. And Frank, I wonder if he's going to any games uh this mm. weekend down yes, down, down down in Miami. I wonder I wonder if he's a Marlins fan. Uh, because he, you know, he's a Heat fan. We know he's a Dolphins fan. We know, we, and we know the Marlins are not followed the way the Heat and the Dolphins are followed yeah. down in Miami. We wonder if he's going to any games this weekend down in Miami when the Yankees go down there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, they, Miami. It looks like a interesting ballpark. And yeah, I've never been there. A new park. Yeah, you know. Again, I 
they don't draw well, so I can't imagine there'll be some decent tickets. There'll be a lot of Yankee fans price, here this yeah. Oh, yeah. They'll, yeah, they will be. You know, they don't play well. Yeah, we'll hear a lot of boo birds, but, uh, you know, yeah, you know, yeah, it's interesting to see if they'll be down there. Big series for the Yankees. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, okay. No, I, no, not really said, I'm not really a baseball fan. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Big, yeah. Big series for the Yankees down there. And, and we'll see what happens. And, and, and to wrap up on the Orioles, this was an utter disgrace. And I'm happy. I'm happy he's I'm really really happy he's going to be back in the booth on uh on uh um on Friday night and we got another comment from Frank. I've seen them play in LA than I have in Miami. Yeah <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. So so, that, so that'll shape. But yeah, so so big series for the Yankees uh uh and uh yeah, to just just the Orioles they, they I'm happy he's back Friday, but the guy should have never ever 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 been suspended in the first place. But we got to move on to the Pac-12. The Pac-12 is falling apart. But before we talk about that, we're going to hear from our friends at JPEG Financial and Shamrock Home Inspections. Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? How often are you thinking about it? The team at JPEG's Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies in the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident in your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website and give us a call at 860-430-5397. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. JPEX Financial Group, LLC is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. JPEX Financial Group is located at 78 Eastern Boulevard, Glastonbury, Connecticut. There's no bigger investment than home ownership. And to make sure the house is up to your standards, you need a professional to look it over. Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections is a licensed home inspector and a member of the Connecticut Association of Home Inspectors. Brian was a contractor for over 15 years, so he knows how homes should be constructed and how mechanicals should work. What makes me a good home inspector was the 20 years that I was a home improvement person all the different repairs that I have done and what other people have done wrong that I had to go out and fix. So I have a pretty quick eye on seeing what's right and what's wrong. Before you move, call Shamrock Home Inspections. Before you make the biggest investment of your life, call Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections at 860-268-2566 or visit shamrockhomeinspectionct.com. Pack 12, Frank just posted something in the chat. Yeah, he said, I do want to go to one of the games if and if the Marlins win, I can rub it in Joe's face. Yeah, that is definitely good, Frank. Yeah. There's definitely a reason why you'd want to go to one of those games. <laughs> it's definitely to rub it in Joe's face if, if if the Marlins beat the Yankees. But let's get to the Pac-12. And there is no secret the Pac-12 is completely falling apart. It all started – we talked about it last week with Colorado leaving, but then the mass exodus has begun. Uh, Arizona State, they're going to the Big 12. Utah going to the Big 12. Arizona going to the Big 12. And then uh, then Oregon and Washington go to the Big 10. There's four teams left right now. And there might not even be four <laughs> because Cal and Stanford have been talking to the ACC. It's Cal, Stanford, Oregon State, and Washington State. Only four teams left in, in the Pac-12 right now. And the big question, Justin, is, is how surprised are you that this is falling apart so quickly? I am surprised it, it's falling apart this quickly. I, I assumed at some point with this media deal, like this thing with Apple, it would have been a subscription based thing. Frank's comment, like the pack. Board. The pack board. It definitely point. is more like the pack. Board right now. Now. Yeah. Yeah. At some point it, uh, it's again, very confident. It's a hundred over a hundred years old. It's, it's about to go extinct in the next now, very, very soon, unfortunately. And I hope Bill Wallen's out there is doing okay. Cause I assume Conference of champions is going to be done soon. Yeah, it will. And it's, Gonna be disappointing, and you know it's. I didn't think it was gonna fall apart this quickly, but it absolutely has. And again, what they did wrong here, it, well, Larry Scott, their old commissioner, was he, you know, 
with making the Pac-12 network so hard to reach did not help them. And while the ACC and SEC network are both kind of have ties with ESPN and Big Ten networks, you know, they're with Fox. And then and then you got the Longhorn network, too, that's tied in with ESPN. And I know that'll be going away in about a year. But again, they would have they could have they had Texas back in 2010. And I don't know if Texas is always kind of bluffing, but then that's when the Big 12 said, okay, we'll give you your own network. And they stuck around. But the Pac-12 wasn't aggressive. They could have gone out when the Big 12 did and taken a couple of those kind of American teams in a BYU. Like the Pac-12 could have tried to expand and could have kind of, it's, you know, because again, at this point, it's just who can survive the survival of the fittest. And the Pac-12 just didn't do that. They just were not aggressive enough and, it's kind of what happens in the landscape right now in college football, it's, it, or in college sports in general. And it's, it it stinks. It stinks for all those Olympic sport kids. It's there's a couple of softball players, you know, that are part of the Pac-12 teams, and kind of said, "Look, you know, we're not we're we're here to kind of you know like they they're not excited about you know like you know they want to play in front of family and friends. They're not like USC and UCLA. They ain't you're not doing that in the Big Ten. You know, Washington working the same thing now. So I'm surprised it's falling apart this quickly. But yeah, it, the Pac-12 is done. Like I just, at this point, I don't even know if like a Boise would jump ship. Like I, I think it's pretty tough right now. I, I think it's, it's near the end, and it's unfortunate because a lot of people too in the Pac-12 offices, you know, are going to lose their jobs. The two questions here is, is, is first one is, is this good for college football? And the second one is, is this good for college athletics? I would say no and no because wow. I think I think it's yes and no. I think it's good for college football because the schools are going to make more money on the TV on the TV deals. Yeah, I, for now, but again, all these contracts are up at about 2030 to 2032. Where's all the you know like the money's going to dry up at some point. Like you, you know these networks can't keep willy-nilly. I'm like you're not going to be able to get more money. Like the Big 10 is going to make 70 million a year. I don't think in 20 31 when it's up 2032 i don't think they're going to go up to like 90 million like it's going to start drying up and that's where i think things are going to be a little bit concerning i like florida state now they're trying to they're they're trying to um it's another can of worms but or open a, a can of worms they're starting to talk with uh you know a private um investment company jp morgan like they're to try to fund their sports like you know like it's the the landscape is changing. I so like in the long in, in the short term, yeah, maybe it, could, it does help college football. I just I think they're trying to. It's turning into like a mini NFL with the SEC and the Pac ten or the Big Ten, and I just I, I think you kind of lose some of you know like I I think you know people are still going to watch. I'm still going to watch, but I think in the long term, I, I I don't think it's great. And for college athletics in general, like again for USC and UCLA and. And for these Olympic sport teams, they don't charter, you know, like they, they don't get their private planes. I, like in USC and UCLA have such big um, Olympic sport programs, you know, like they, they have a bunch of Olympic athlete, athletes who have gone through those, those schools that may hurt those sports a little bit. Cause especially you get West coast kids. They're not going to want to play in front of family. And fr- you know, they're not going to have the opportunity to play in front of any family and friends. They're going to be flying to Ruckers. And Rutgers yeah, will be flying to them, which is crazy. Yeah, which is not – this is not what conferences are meant to be. And, you know, like they're supposed to be regional. You're supposed to have some history and some rivalries. And that's kind of all getting lost in the in the fold. And it's disappointing for, you know, the, these Olympic sport athletes. That's who – again, even for basketball teams, they'll, they'll have their private planes. But for the Olympic sports, again, like going to – um, trying to – you know, going to like – uh. Kind of thing of a rural area, like, um, like, cause actually, like Penn State, like, there's not like a major airport around there. You might have to like yeah. stop at Chicago, way over there, and then I don't know, like maybe another, you know, they maybe get a. I know there's a, a small you airport. Might to fly to like Philadelphia. College. You might have to. You might have to yeah, fly, fly to Philadelphia. Philly, yeah. yeah, and take the bus, and what that that's another hour and a half, two hours. Like it's not easy, you know. So, yeah, I, I think it stinks for these Olympic sport athletes, and then um. The final thing too I'll say is look at the other teams that have kind of already have left their conference. Um you know, from going power five to power five. Like look at the ACC schools, BC. They haven't won anything. They haven't won a they haven't won an ACC championship. Miami has Miami's supposed to go in the coast and go rule that conference. They haven't won once. 
Virginia Tech's won two, but again, their program right now is in a lot of trouble. Look at Texas A&M. Texas A&M's done nothing in the SEC. Missouri's been at two SEC title, you know, conference titles, but that's when all those East teams were kind of all, all struggling there. So I, I just and, and look at Nebraska. Nebraska's Nebraska used to be a one of the best programs in all college football. They're showing themselves now. They're again, no high school kid realized that Nebraska back in the nineties and even late, you know, two thousand early two thousand tens that you know they 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 were a national you know, program and national brand. They're not anymore. You know, so I just, it just, it really hasn't worked. So that's the only thing I, I too, for some of these schools, like it just, you think, yeah, sometimes the more money helps, but it hasn't really all translated to winning. No, it has not really. The one school that's, I, I, the only school I can think of benefit from it, benefiting from in football is TCU. Yeah. But they went from Mountain West, you know, so I'm saying like from power five to power, power five. five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really hasn't, it hasn't worked that much. So, no. so now that the Pac-12, they only got four teams left, Oregon State, uh, Stanford, uh, Cal, and Washington State. But there have been talks that Stanford and Cal might join the ACC. How realistic is that? This one's interesting. Now, SMU's joined the fold as well, uh, trying to get in the ACC. And they, they, they told the ACC that they'd come for free. Like, you don't even have to give us the TV money. We'll just, we'll just show up. Wow. So – Florida State's trying to do all they can right now to get the ACC. I don't know if they're going anywhere else, though. Like, I don't think the, the SEC's not interested. The Big Ten, they don't have the academics right now to get in, but they're trying. I guess they're putting trying to start more grant money into there. They're trying to apply for the AU. It is it's called a, a, a yeah AU like what all like Big Ten programs are for like academics and all that. Um, so like I think. ACC is trying to backfill and try to kind of just in case of Florida State and Clemson do try to leave. Hey, where's a couple of the schools, but like Stanford and Cal, I don't think move the needle football. Stanford doesn't really care much for football anymore. That's why I wouldn't be shocked. They go independent and go out in the mountain West for the rest of their sports. Cal Cal would struggle as an independent. I don't, I don't know if they'd be able to field the team and most of their athletics. I don't, again, their story, their, their basketball t- they don't really fund much for basketball at all. So I could see it happening, but I don't know. But this could be something where ESPN's trying to kind of get them in the fold. I don't know if these presidents really want that because it's, it's a it's a logistical nightmare to have Cal and Stanford try to travel all the way to these coasts. It's just, it just doesn't work. So I think it's a possibility. I could see the ESPN's trying to, you know, make this happen. But I don't know if the presidents do, and I don't. And you know, I know Jim Phillips is very big in the academics, and Stanford and Cal would really help that in the ACC. But I don't. I think it's possible if they really, really wanted to. But I don't think they will. They, there's like six. They, it, August 15th is like the cutoff, I believe, for teams that want to start in a new conference next year. I don't think they move in the next six days. So I think it's another round of maybe they they come back in the next year or so and talk about this, but. I think maybe in the future it's possible, but right now, I, I, the next six days or so, I don't think Cal or Stanford w- are going to be going to ACC. So we talk, I think we talked about this a little bit last week. How close are we to getting two super conferences in college football? You see, you see the Big Ten having 18 teams and the SEC having 16 teams. How close are we to getting two super conferences? I think, I think we're getting closer and closer. It's, and this is the unfortunate part where what's going to happen the rest of conferences is going to turn in like an FCS situation, like, are they going to be like the FBS plus? Like, you know, the Big Ten, the Big Ten might have some interest in Florida State. Like, I think could see that at some point the Big Ten try to go to twenty. Um, the SEC right now, they kind of said they're not going to force. Like, they're they're kind of going to wait around and kind of fish out here and kind of, you know, see what happens. And you know, they'll they'll expand if they feel like they need to. But yeah, I think we're getting closer and closer, and I think that's unfortunate. The Big Twelve's Big Twelve's trying; they fit for a basketball purpose in like the big conference, but football-wise, they don't really have a national brand. So, I feel like we're getting closer and closer, and you know, because now with the Pac-12, now there might be where they change this whole auto bid thing for the college football playoff. So, look, I could see at some point the AC or the Big Ten SEC kind of say, yeah, we'll have a 12-team playoff. It'll be our, you know, 
it'll be our two conferences playing in it, something like that. Like I, I could see, you know, it, the when the contract's up next time for the college football playoff, maybe something that hap- that something like that happens. I hope not, but I think at some point, again, I wouldn't be surprised at some point if both conferences, the Big Ten, and the SEC, have twenty four teams each. I, I really wouldn't be that surprised. I wouldn't be either. I wouldn't be either. Just very, very difficult times in college sports right now. It's it's, it's not a good yeah. time for traditionalists at all because the traditions yeah. are going away in these conferences. But we got to move on to the NFL. And yesterday, Ron Rivera commented on Eric Bieniemy's uh, on some of the players that are concerned about Eric Bieniemy's intensity in practice. Now, you could say you could say one or two things. You could say, "Oh, Bieniemy's being too hard on the players," or you could say. Oh, the players are being too soft. They don't want to be coach hard. Yes, it could be one of those two things. I get it. But I think the biggest thing here is Ron Rivera should never let this leave the locker room. It is a huge mistake for Ron Rivera to, to make this leave the lock to have this leave to have this leave the locker room because you're giving the perception now is that uh you and Bienemy are not on the same page. And I'm starting to think I'm starting to think that Ron Rivera is doing this, is doing this because if things go wrong. He wants to save his job. He wants to save his job and put it on Bienemy. Say the offense isn't good and this year and and the team and, and, and the team is bad. I think I think he wants to save his job because there's a good chance. Say say Sam Howell puts up pretty good numbers and the team finishes like, you know, seven and ten or eight and nine again and Rivera gets fired. There's a good chance Eric Bienemy gets this job. Yeah, I, I that's a great point. You know, with, with Rivera. I yeah, because I don't know how something like this, like he never should have opened his mouth about this. And, you know, I think you make a great point. It's, he's trying to save himself here. He's trying to save his behind. And, yeah, you know, and I know a bunch of chief players have all kind of defended the enemy. Um, and, look, look, like Rivera, too, with the comments last year about having no, you know, did, not realizing that they're already eliminated from the playoffs. Like, you know, talking about that in part, like, yeah, it's, it's, um, it, it's, very odd right now and yeah i think it was i think it's ridiculous comments and i i could see it yeah we're bien because yeah more likely bien if ron rivera gets fired bien is probably going to be the intern head coach and again he's going to have a ch- his chance finally to kind of lead a locker room and yeah i think rivera's trying to save his behind and it's not great you know like it, it's something that it's, it's weird and it kind of felt like washington culture with dan snyder out now that hey you know Maybe some good's going to happen, and yeah, it's kind of like uh, takes a little bit of a step back here of, of that. Absolutely, absolutely. You just you can't you, if you're having an issue like this in, in in your locker room, it stays with your team. You don't go out into the media and start and start talking about this stuff. It stays with your team. You should you shouldn't be doing this. I think you made a huge mistake making this public, going out in the media and talking about this. Yeah, you absolutely did. You know, and he did, and. You know, again, football is an intense sport. And, you know, again, I think everything that probably Bambi is doing is probably what he was doing probably in Kansas City. You know, maybe it's a probably different kind of, you know. They're, they're in culture philosophy. shock. They're, they're, not, they're not used to it. They're in culture yeah. shock. They're not used to a guy that's won two Super Bowls and that is demanding. They're used to Scott Turner, who is nowhere near as demanding as Eric Bambi. No, yeah, you're completely right. And I think, yeah, it's some of these guys maybe having uh, – tough time maybe dealing with that and trying to figure that out and don't kind of don't don't really like it and you know it, it's something where yeah if you want to win you kind of you know you, the intensity is going to be up there and that's why Kansas City's been successful under Bianami and Andy Reid for so long so yeah you know again Rivera never should have let this let, leave the locker room um it's probably you know do the players kind of lose trust in that coach too now a little bit that like this guy's kind of calling us out, you know, calling, calling things out here to kind of, so I, maybe you lose some of the locker room too. Now that this came out in public. So it'll be interesting. And yeah, you know, Ron Vera is definitely in the hot seat and look, they lose Arizona week one. That hot seat's going to turn up very, very quickly. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, you made a good point. He, he may, he could end up losing trust from players in the locker room because he's making comments like this, especially, especially with the guys on offense, especially the, the guys like the Terry McLaurin's, especially with the guys like Brian Robinson. He, he, he definitely could lose respect in the locker room for making comments like this, because usually you have an issue like this. You keep it in house. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, you're not, you know, coaches don't really say things out, out like this out in public, you know, cause yeah, you, 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 you know, cause it looks, 
makes the players look like, yeah, you know, it makes the players look bad in the situation. And, you know, Rivera looks bad for saying it, but yeah, it also makes the players look, uh, look bad. So yeah, you know, it's something that shouldn't leave the locker room. It never should have, never should have had. And yeah, it's disappointing. And to watching it again, their defense really talented. They, you know, have a shot in the NFC to kind of find a way to sneak into a wild card spot. But yeah, this is kind of, this kind of hurts it a bit. And yeah, we'll kind of see how the players kind of, feel about uh about Rivera saying this type of stuff because yeah it's something that just should never be out in public he later apologized he apologized this morning but the problem is is he said it yesterday yeah and he said it yesterday and he shouldn't have said it and and I think yeah. this could be it could be an issue for this team going into the season yeah that absolutely could and you know we're, we're gonna see if these guys have have uh Rivera's backs or not and you know we'll find out very quickly because they got a tough schedule to start out here so we'll 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 find out very very quickly if uh, they still kind of believe in Rivera, if they still want him, we in that locker room. Yeah, and it's a huge year for him because he's had three years where he's won. He had seven wins his first year. I know he got to the playoffs. He had seven wins year one, seven wins year two, eight, eight, and one last year. So he has not had a winning season yet. And I know he made the playoffs once, but he hasn't had a winning season yet in Washington. Another losing season, he's probably going to be gone. Yeah, absolutely, especially with new owners too. New owners may want their own guy. So he's got that against him too now. So – yeah, absolutely. You know, if things don't go well for him, especially early, yeah, they got they win like another six, seven games. Yeah, I, I could really find. Yeah, it would not be too surprised to see him, uh, you know, out the door. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Now, a big story, a big uh, story in training camp is some of the holdouts. We got you know Chris Jones. Uh, we got uh, Nick Boza. Uh, uh, we got we got uh, Jonathan Taylor. We got Zach Martin. We got a lot of key players that are holding out. But the biggest question is is which great player holding out is most concerning? Which for, and for me, it's Nick Boza. And here's the reason why: he is such a huge part of that team. I remember when he when he got hurt in 2020. That team was that defense wasn't as good, and that team wasn't as good. That team went six and ten. I think it's definitely Nick Boza because he's the best defensive player in the league, and. That team doesn't have a great quarterback. That team doesn't have a great quarterback. So they need – I feel like Nick Boza is a necessity for this Niners team, and they got to get a deal done. I know Chris Jones is very important, but there's also Patrick Mahomes on the other side. side uh, they also got Patrick Mahomes on offense. Zach Martin, y- yes, he's he probably second – I put him second. Uh, I put him second to Nick Boza, but uh, they still have they still have Tony Pollard, and they still got Dak Prescott. Uh and then you got Jonathan Taylor. The Colts this year, they're probably not going to go anywhere. So, to me, it's clearly Nick Boza. Yeah, for me, I took uh, Josh Jacobs. Last year's leading rusher in the that's NFL. A good, that's, a good, that's, a, that's a really that, that's a good one. But my only issue with that one is the Raiders, again, are really not playing for anything. No. But they're not in a technical rebuild because they still, I think, feel like they might be able to win with Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, and I feel like with Jimmy, he kind of needs a running game. And the guys he has... The guys who will probably be starting for Josh Jacobs are not great. They got like Zaire White. Um, uh, you know, I think they got Brandon Bolden still, I believe. So, yeah, they got him, Abmir, uh, Abdul. Um, yeah, Brandon Bolden still on that team. Like, they, again, I feel like Jimmy G needs that running game, that play action to kind of help out. And they don't, you know, outside of, you know, they do have some good wide receivers. But again, that defense is not great. Like, they're going to have to put up points to score. And, in that division, without Josh Jacobs, I feel like it's going to be such an uphill battle. It's a big year for McDaniel's. Like you know, he he's got to they they got to some they got to be better than they were last year, and especially too the way he kind of got rid of Derek Carr as well. You know, like if things kind of go wrong and Jimmy G does not play well or gets hurt and he's out most of the year, and then Derek Carr goes down there and, and wins a division title in New Orleans, it says a you know it, it's. Not going to look good for McDaniel's, and again, it's going to hurt that he doesn't have one of the best running backs in all of football. And Josh Jacobs, who was your workhorse last year, also caught over fifty passes out of the backfield. So I think for the Raiders, again, it's not going to be a great team anyway. You know, with him, it wouldn't be great, but they'd have a you know, again, he'd win him a couple games with his, with, you know, with how much he kind of kind of impact. Um, but I just with, with, without them, their defense is not going to be great. Still, and I don't think with Jimmy G, without really much of a running game, they're gonna they're gonna struggle to score points. I think at times. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm just saying, Boza, because the Niners have a really good chance to win the Super Bowl this year. 
Mm-hmm. And if he misses significant time and say they have to go back to Philadelphia in the NFC Championship game, they're, that, that, that lessens their chance of winning a championship. Yeah, I, yeah that's, that was probably my number two. And, yeah, Bosa is a huge part of that Niners team. And, yeah, you know, that Niners team has a chance, and that NFC is wide open. Like, it's really them and the Eagles. Like, them and the Eagles are on a path to face off the NFC Championship game. And, yeah, you're going to need a guy like Nick Bosa to go get you over the top, especially your quarter, you know, especially because you got a guy you're going to have to go up against, Jalen Hurts, and you're going to have to put up some points. And, yeah, you know, do we really trust Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, or Sam Darnold, whoever the three start? Like, yeah, do we trust them to kind of get They the haven't shootout? proven to us that yeah. they could be t- top quarterbacks in the league. Neither of the three of them had. Have. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's going to be tough to, you know, the, I don't think any of those three – have a great chance to win a game if they get in the shootout with Philly. So yeah, I, you know, uh, Bosa was right there as well. Cause yeah, he's been a huge part of that defense and yeah, it's a team that definitely could win a Super Bowl. And again, like, you can pretty much pencil in the Niners and Eagles being NFC championship game. Like you could right now at this point, those I wouldn't are pencil kinda... it in. I wouldn't pencil it in because of injuries and everything, but they're the clear yeah. favorites in the NFC. Yeah. That's a better work. They, they, they are definitely the two clear favorites right now. You know, yeah, injury could always change everything, but yeah, like they're they're pretty, yeah, they're on like a collision course right now to face off the NFC Championship game. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So we're gonna wrap up talking about the joint practices between the Giants and the Lions. And uh, today was better. Yesterday was a very, very rough day for the Giants. So Daniel Jones went five for twelve. He missed Darren Waller a couple times, and I and I and I and I heard someone say this was the worst the Giants' offense looked since training camp. So that's not a great sign, but. It's only a joint practice. You're going to have some bad days. And it was the first day against a new opponent, and they definitely were better today. So I, I feel like yesterday's struggles were just first day against a new opponent, and it happens. It happens sometimes, especially when you've been just playing against yourself for for for, uh, for almost two weeks. When you get a new opponent in there, sometimes you struggle a little bit. Yeah, I totally agree with you. You know, first time, yeah, facing a new defense this year. You know, while it's still a new target for them, like they're still kind of getting the chemistry down, I bet. Like, yeah, today was better, which is a good sign. You know, so, yeah, I, I just think today was – or, you know, yesterday was a little bit of struggle, kind of an adjustment for him. And, yeah, you know, again, sometimes you are really excited for to kind of face a new team and finally get to hit somebody besides your own teammates. But, um, yeah, you know, I know the line defenses are great. But, yeah, it's still kind of one practice and, you know, getting some rust off there because, you know, I, I think – and, yeah, I think, again, the Giants offense will be fine. Again, if, if today they said today was as bad as it was yesterday, you know, I'm a little bit concerned. Me, you know, me, I'll be, you know, you know, you're still me a little bit concerned, but like it, today was better. You know, I, I think the Giants' offense is, you know, they'll be fine. You know, there may be some growing pains, but they'll be fine. Yeah, they'll be fine. I mean, adding Darren Waller to this offense, I think, was a really, really good addition. They also got Paris Campbell in the slot now. Their offensive line should be improved. Evan Neal should be better than he was last year. So, uh, yeah, I don't really have an issue with what happened. It, it, it happens. You know, you go out, you're playing live football. Sometimes that happens. I really don't have an issue. I got the same confidence that I had. I, I, my confidence level did not change in the Giants because of one bad joint practice. Yeah, I absolutely initiated it. And have they announced if, like, the Stars are playing Friday night? Like, I they haven't. Gonna... They, I don't think they've announced it yet. The Patriots announced it. I, I don't yeah, they're not playing, playing anybody. They're, so. they're not playing anybody, yeah. Yeah, I won't be watching. I don't really need to see us <laughs> play the second. I don't really – yeah. I'm not going to learn much from second teamers playing the Texans first yeah. team. So. The only thing interesting about that game, though, is C.J. Stroud. Yeah, actually, you're right. I try. I probably watch a little bit of that, but, like, yeah. But, like, it's tight, tough to, you know. Yeah, you watch a little. I'll watch a little bit of that probably, but, yeah, you know. It'll be tough to kind of take away because he's playing second teamers, but you can see how he looks and all that. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. So, the Giants, really, yeah, tough joint practice on Tuesday. Better practice today, so – I'm not concerned. I still think they're going to have a really good year. And uh, and we, we got the opener tomorrow night. We got C.J. Stroud. Hopefully C.J. Stroud plays against the Patriots tomorrow night. Yeah, it sounds like he – last I heard it sounded like he is. So, yeah, I would assume he probably plays a little bit. And, yeah, you almost see. And, yeah, I'm not – you know, maybe I'll watch a little bit of see Bailey Zappi and see if there's people <laughs> go still clamor about Bailey Zappi being yeah. the starting quarterback. Oh, anymore. you know there's going to be fans that are going to be going to be clamoring for to be the starter. Oh, yeah. They I definitely don't. are. They definitely are. This is, so so we'll see what so we'll see what happens there. We'll see we'll, we'll end up seeing what happens there. But that's going to wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with RJ. We'll be back next week talking about the Yankees and Red Sox and any NFL or college news that comes our way. Have a great weekend everyone. Hello, my name is Joe Aguirre. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. 
Jones had first down, wide open, it's Barkley. And Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to him. He taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. Finch, two for three, he's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not they're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Week, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, the Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com. 